Welcome to Alive to Give Life, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Way. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive City Church. He is a seasoned and anointed teacher of the Word of God. As you listen to this message, get ready for a complete turnaround in every area of your life. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Let's look at the book of John 12, which we looked at last Sunday. The Bible says, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hands and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, lose him and let him go. Hallelujah. So last uh, Sunday we saw that every time Jesus sets a person free, that person comes out of the grave, but that person comes out of the grave with grave clothes. I gave a number of grave clothes last Sunday and I explained to you that that was not an exhaustive list. It was just a few that I had chosen to mention to you guys on that particular uh, day. Praise God. Now, the reality, however, is that there are far more grave clothes than we can have time to talk about. So I've decided to rather just focus on the root of everything. You see, in every single matter, there is a root and there are branches. You can spend your whole life trying to cut the branches, but you will not have solved the problem because the problem is always at the root in a place where you cannot see. So I want you to look at that verse once again. And it says, the dead man came out, his hands and his foot was bound. He was alive. The word of Jesus Christ was strong enough to pull him out of the grave. It was not Simon who said to him, come, come out. It was not Andrew who told him, come out. It was Jesus Christ himself who told the man to come out. And the man did come out. But as you can see, he came out, yet he was still bound. Hallelujah. So you see clearly that the work of Jesus in your life and in my life, there is a part that is instant, and there is yet another part that is a progressive work. Not everything changes the day you give your life to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, some of us, the day you give your life to Jesus Christ, just your spirit has been saved. But your soul is still a mess. And your body still has a lot of challenges. Hallelujah. So we now start the work of losing. The work of losing is not instant. After you give your life to Jesus, your spirit is saved. In other words, if you die, you're going straight to heaven. That's a fact. But because when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we don't go straight to heaven. Another work needs to happen because now you need to go. You need to move. You need to do things. And for you to go, you need feet to go. And the problem is that your feet are bound. For you to function on earth, you need those three things. You need your feet, you need your hands, and you need your mind. Praise God. You need those three things effectively in your life for you to succeed on earth. And if you look at that verse, those are the very three things that are bound. Even though you are saved. Even though you are out of the grave. And even though it's Jesus Christ himself who called you out. I want this to really sit with you because many of us are sitting here right now and you don't see how this relates with you. That it does. So, the root of bondage, what bounds people? 
that even though the word of God has been released in the life of this person, Jesus Christ himself is the one who said, come out. What causes a Christian, a believer, who has heard the words of Jesus, the voice of Jesus that called him out of the grave, what can cause such a problem that even though the person has left the grave, he cannot go far? I've taught you before, the Lord speaking in the book of Hosea chapter 11 verse 1, he said, when Israel was a child, and we saw that for God to do anything, you need to have a child-like attitude. If you are here tonight and you think you know, I'm sorry, God can't take you far. The moment you lose your childlikeness, it becomes impossible for God to move you any further. And this is the reason why many of us are struggling because you think you know. But if you knew as you think you know, I wonder why you're still where you are. When you know, you don't need to say it. We see it. Oh, yes. Your results speak a better language than your talk. So if your results are still opposing the word of God and the scriptures, then I'm sorry, there's a lot you don't know. And in fact, it's only a proud person who thinks they know. Yeah. I know people told you that when you are a child of God, you are a Christian, no demon can attack you, nothing, but... It's a lie. You know it's a lie because demons attack you almost every night. You have bad dreams all the time. You are struggling. You know. You know it's not true. But no one wants to tell you the truth. You shall know the truth. And it is the truth that can set you free. It is the truth. The truth is what sets people free, my brother. The truth from God's word. Hallelujah. Truth is coming to you tonight in Jesus' name. Please understand that destiny on earth is controlled by two forces. Not a lot of forces. Every life you see is controlled by either one or the other force. No one is in between. No one is in the middle. Nobody. Just like it cannot be day and night at the same time. There are two forces that control everything on earth. Just like there are only two destinations to which you and I can go. Not three. Oh yes. It's as simple as that. So look at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 and see the two forces. The Bible says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have said before you life and death. But the next one is what is more shocking because how could you mix it with these other things? In the way the, the word of God is written, things are written sometimes in similarities. Like if I say this and I say something next after that and it's in the same type of flow, it means I'm talking about Mary less the same thing. So God is saying to us, life and death, or blessing and curses, another way to say it is life and death. But the issue of blessings and curses is as vital, as important as the matter of life and death. It's the same thing. If you value life and you are conscious of death very deeply, then God is saying to you, have the same consideration about blessings and curses. Because they are in the same sentence. In the same flow. They carry the same value. Both of them. And many people respect death more than they respect curses. Blessings produce life. Curses produce death. That is how it is. So I want to talk quickly tonight about curses. And next week I'm going to talk about blessings. Because I need to deal with curses first. And I want to tell you up front, I cannot deal with the entire subject in one night. Of course it's impossible. But I'll be talking about it from time to time. So that you can get to understand how profound, how powerful 
this subject is. What bounds people on earth is not a lot of things. We can summarize all the bondage in one word and we call it the curse. And what causes people to do well in this world is not a lot of things. We can summarize all the things that are causing people to get anywhere and we can put it in one word and we call it the blessing. In fact, as far as God is concerned, there's not a whole lot of things on earth. It's either the blessing or the curse. You, there is no in between. Just like you are either alive or you are dead. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It is always like that. It's either you are alive or you are dead. And also, it's either you are under a blessing or you are under a curse without knowing. The, the problem about the blessing and the curse is, is that, you see, when you are alive, you know you are alive. You can see yourself breathing. And when you are dead, you know you are dead because you, know, you don't see humans anymore. You are in the other world. But most of the time, when you are cursed, you might not know. And also, when you are blessed, you might not even know that you are blessed. Do you now understand why I send you a message and I say, make sure the people that need to be here must be here. How important this subject is. That there are people that are supposed to be here tonight to hear this. Some of your disciples, you are struggling with them, trying to pray for them over issues that prayer will never work. You can pray all you want. That's not the issue. The issue is far deeper than just prayer. There's a curse at work. Hallelujah. But freedom is coming tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Quickly, there is no curse without a cause. What did I say? There is no curse without a cause. There is always a cause of every curse. It's a scriptural principle. You cannot be cursed without a cause. In other words, you cannot just be walking on the street and somebody says to you, I curse you. It will not work. The same way there is no blessing without a cause. You cannot just go out. You see, you see, you see uh, God bless you. Have you been telling people, God bless you? Are those things working? <laughs> eh? God bless you. God bless you. Oh, oh, God bless you. God. You know, you, if it was working that just by saying, God bless you, we're all going to be blessed. Oh, yes. But let me tell you something. There is no blessing without a cause. Or can I say, there is no blessing without a condition. And there is no curse without a cause. Write that down. There is no blessing without a condition. And there is no curse without a cause. You can't just say, God, God bless you. God. It doesn't, it, you, somebody is sneezing. God bless you. Ever since you've been sneezing, if it was really a blessing, you could be swimming in millions now. Sometimes you sneeze four times. Bless you. Jeez. Bless you. Jeez. Bless you. Where is the blessing? Because there is no blessing without a condition. Nothing like that. There's nothing like that. And there is no curse without a cause. So when a curse is at work in a house, in a life, there's a cause. There is something that has activated it. And no matter what you do, until you deal with the cause, the curse is freely at work. Hence, I'm trying to tell you, that's why sometimes prayer is not working. Because it is not lack of prayer that brought the curse. It's something else. And if you could fix that thing, you might not even have to pray a lot. Proverbs 26 verse 2 says, Like a fleeting sparrow or a flattering swallow, an undeserved curse goes nowhere. So you can rest assured, every curse that is not meant to be cannot work in your life. That is how it is. Like an undeserved curse. An undeserved curse goes nowhere. Brothers and sisters, when I was growing up, I wish I had somebody who could teach me what I'm about to teach you. I didn't have that. 
I discovered most of these things by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. No one talks about these things. Yet, that is where your whole life is being determined. I said before you, life and death, blessing and curses, the same are in the same page, in the same line, talking about the same value. The reason I respect blessings and curses is because I respect life and death. If you don't respect life and death, you cannot respect blessings and curses. But if you respect life, like you know when somebody is dead, you know life has gone. Or I also want to tell you tonight, begin to respect curses. Now have respect for this thing because if you are playing with this thing, this thing might be the reason why your life is going nowhere. Yeah. Though you are a Christian, like Lazarus, out of the grave, but bound. Somebody is finding freedom tonight. I said somebody is finding freedom tonight. A quick journey. Where did this thing curse begin? Where? Does it begin with the devil? Who introduced curses on earth? Who brought this calamity to humans? How did it happen? How did it start? There is something in the Bible called the law of first. In other words, the first time a word is mentioned in the Bible, you need to go there. The, first, the very first time a certain word, if you hear the word blessing, there is the first time that word is mentioned in the Bible. So when you, when you follow the law of first time, it will help you understand the real purpose or the real cause of a thing. Because the first time the word is mentioned helps you understand the circumstances surrounding that time. And if you can understand that, you have understood the thing. So let's see the first time in the Bible where the word cursed is used. Hmm? Genesis 3.17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. So we are seeing the cause. You see? Because, cause, the cause, the cause, the cause, the cause. Because you listened to your wife. So if I listened to my wife, it means my wife spoke. This verse is speaking to men and women. As a wife, if you could just learn to not speak when it's not time to speak. If you could just learn to shut up when it is time to shut up and not speak because you have a mouth to speak. Because you listened. If I listen, it's because she spoke. So I mean, what she said, she wasn't supposed to say it. Because you listened to your wife and ate the tree about which I commanded you you must not eat of it. Cursed. That's the first time that word is mentioned. Cursed is the ground because of you. So again, we see the second cause. The ground, did the ground eat the food? I'm asking you, did the ground have the mouth to open now and start eating food? But do you see how the action of one man are already affecting things that were not affected before? The ground didn't sin, but the ground is already in the, the ground is already facing the consequences of a curse. A curse can come directly from you because of what you did yourself, and a curse can also come because of some another person did, because the ground is now cursed because of Adam. The first instance, Adam is cursed because of his own works. The second instance, the ground is cursed because of Adam. So you can be cursed. Somebody can be, not you. Tell your neighbor, you can never be cursed. You can never be cursed. A person can be cursed because of his own works. But other times, 
it is because of somebody, something somebody else did. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Man has never outgrown that curse. No matter how sophisticated we became. To eat, you work. And you work harder than you get from the soil. So this is the first time that word is mentioned. Cursed. The law of first. And already from the law of first, you can see the two major reasons through which a person, how a curse enters a person. It can enter through disobedience to God's instruction because God said, because you have listened to another voice other than my own voice. So the number one door of entry of curses is not through Badimos, through, uh, you know, Sangomas. And the, no, 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 no. Just you not following divine instructions makes you a free candidate. Number two, following the instruction of unauthorized leadership. God never appointed Eve to lead that family. Then number three, a curse can come through what another person did. So from that law of first, you can clearly see that an undeserved curse goes nowhere. But a deserved curse definitely goes somewhere. Definitely. Are you blessed? So we call this the curse of Adam or the curse of man. And if you keep reading, the woman was also cursed personally, uh, childbearing and all of that. The snake was cursed. And the, the snake was told that he was going to start rolling around, eating dust. Do you understand? So all those things practically happened. This is also how man started dying right here. Why do you grow old, even if you speak in tongues? There's a force at work. So before you start accusing people, before you start looking around, realize that it usually starts with you and me. When we go around disobeying divine instructions, we are opening doors. The same way God rewards obedience, God also rewards disobedience. Both are rewarded, but just different rewards. Amen? All right. So let's look at the curse of parents, which we call generational curses. Numbers 14, 18 says, The Lord is slow to anger, praise God, abounding in love. Forgiving sin and rebellion. Now, you need to understand, this is the nature of God. God is slow to anger. God abounds in love. God forgives sins and rebellion. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. It is part of his nature. The same way he, he, he loves, he is slow to anger. He abounds in love and he, he forgives sins and rebellion, but also the other aspect of his nature is that he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And he punishes the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. He does not leave the guilty unpunished but he has a way of doing it. He punishes the children for the sins of the parents. That is what we call a generation. You see? So the third to the fourth generation. That's what we call a generational curse. It's something that didn't start with you. Your great, 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 great grandfather. He did some stuff. And most of our great, 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 great grandfathers didn't know Jesus Christ. I mean, some of you, you are the first person to accept Jesus Christ 
in your family so you can know how dark is your dark past. And that there are stuff that they did. And I guarantee you from God, those stuff will not go holy. Most of them. Because they were influenced by tradition and all kinds of things. Many of them slaughtered, offered sacrifices, did all kinds of things. So we realize that curses enter through generations. And at least until the fourth generation. And a generation is 40 years. So it takes 40 years to cover a generation. And every generation has its own sins. So if I was still trying to recover from the sins of the previous generation, then I started doing my own sins. It never ends because every new generation introduces its sins and then the next generation picks up from those sins and it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on. Until you break it. Somebody must break it tonight. Must break it. Some families are dedicated to the devil. Our parents didn't know who they were dedicating us to. They didn't know. They didn't know Jesus Christ. So they were dedicating you to a certain force that was in the village when we need rain. We pray to that God. So when a child is born, I go to the God and say to the God, please protect this child. This child, that's what the father told the God. He said, this child is your child. So this is how curses start. It's something that your great, great, great grandfather did. And today, you are struggling from it. That is the first door. But let's look at other doors. Can I show you a few more doors? Through which a curse can enter you very easily. Number one, dishonor. Ephesians 6 verse 2 and 3. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you. Praise God. Another word, so that you may be blessed. <laughs> that it may go well with you. And look at the next. And that you may enjoy long life on earth. So long life on earth is not a result of going to virgin uh, gym. It's not a result of eating vegetables. Those things are good. But I tell you now, today, you find a child arguing with his father. Arguing with the mother. That's how they go. They don't go above 40. You shall rise above that. Amen. So we say dishonor. When you dishonor your father, when you dishonor your mother, you have opened the door to a curse. Simple. Number two, disloyalty. Disloyalty. So dishonor opens the door to a curse. Then disloyalty also opens the door to a curse. When we teach you to be loyal, when we teach you to not be disloyal, it's because when you become disloyal in your heart towards your leader or towards the person God has placed ahead of you, you open the door to a fantastic curse. It's always like that. Every disloyal person, if you've noticed, a disloyal person always ends up dead. I tell you. Read in the Bible. Every disloyal person died before their time. But let's look at the master disloyal one. Judas Iscariot himself. Let's look at him. And let's see what Jesus Christ said. Mark 14 verse 21. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. People committed prostitution. Jesus Christ never said it was better for them if they were not born. People committed murder. Jesus never said it was better for them if they were never born. But a man was disloyal and betrayed Jesus. 
And Jesus says it was better if he was not born. But Judas Iscariot didn't kill anybody. He just betrayed. You understand? You understand that Jesus didn't kill himself, Jesus Christ. He didn't take a gun and kill Jesus. But he saw Jesus. He betrayed his leader. His heart turned towards his leader. So I'm telling you now, the Bible is clear. When you become disloyal to your leader, like if you enter a church and you become disloyal to the pastor, Jesus is saying it was better if you didn't go to that church in the first place. Because now you have added sorrow upon sorrow. Disloyalty. Never play with it. Number three, disrespect. And the queen of disrespect is Michal. Michal who disrespected her husband publicly and opened a door to a curse of barrenness in her life. Let's go to the last verse, 2 Samuel 6 verse 23. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Why? Because of certain things she said before this verse. In a very disrespectful manner to her husband. She opened the door to an evil force. Another one, dishonesty. Malachi 3 verse 9. You are under a curse. The whole nation of you. Why? Check the cause. What's the cause? Because you are robbing me. Dishonesty. A robber is a dishonest person. A robber is somebody who doesn't give you what he's supposed to give you. Dishonesty. And here God is talking about tithes. You are under. So it also helps us understand how curses work. A curse is always above a person. And you are under it. I like the way Derek Prince explained curses. He says a curse is like a dark cloud on top of a head of a person. It can, be, it can be sunny all around that person. Like it can be sunny to my left, sunny to my right. The way I'm standing is dark. That's how a curse is. And now everybody can be enjoying in a place. But a cursed person will not enjoy. Because this thing, it doesn't come and cover all of us. It comes for that person. He goes to the left, it follows him. Everything they do, it is just above them. It's under a curse. And you know what brought us under a curse? Robbery. And things are not working. The way they should work, or they could work. Because robbery is taking place life. But let's quickly see the murder of all curses. Disobedience. Deuteronomy 28 verse 15. By the way, Deuteronomy 28 is the, is the murder verse for blessings and curses. If you want to know where to go, to know about blessings and curses, go to Deuteronomy 28. The, from verse 1 to verse 13, it talks about blessings. But from verse 14 down to the end, the curses are more than the blessings, brother. More. So it says, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commandments and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So now go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 to see the first part. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. All, all these blessings, all these blessings will come upon you and will accompany you. Take us back to Deuteronomy 28 verse 15 so for you to understand. However, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commandments and decrees I am giving you today, all these cases 
will come upon you. And they will overtake you. In other words, they will go ahead of you. By the time you hit Saturday, Saturday is already cursed. That is what we call overtaking. Have you been overtaken by a car before? It means the car goes ahead of you. The speed is too much. So the mother of all cases is disobedience. Nothing else. A rebellious heart is cursed. You don't need help. <laughs> you don't need anybody to come and do it. You are doing it yourself. Pastor, how do I know that there is a curse in my life? Seven signs. One. Mental and emotional breakdown. If you like, call it depression from time to time. But maybe let me identify and make you realize that if you are just having one of these things from time to time, it does not necessarily mean that you are cursed. But as I'm giving you the list, if you find yourself two, three, four, hey! As the list is coming to you, prepare yourself. Mental breakdown and emotional breakdown also cause sometimes depression. Two. Repeated chronic diseases. Repe Let me say, repeated or chronic diseases. Especially hereditary diseases. A disease your grandmother had. Then your mother had. Now you are having. Number three. Repeated miscarriage. Or female problems. It might not be a miscarriage. But you are constantly having female issues. From time to time, your period disappear. Then they reappear out of nowhere. When they reappear, they are so, they are so difficult. Repeated miscarriages. You are married, but you can't keep the baby inside. Number four. Breakdown in marriage. Or family alienation. There's always a problem in this family. This woman cannot stay in the marriage. Forget even about marriage. Mere relationship never work. And when you check at your family, everybody in your family, it doesn't work. It's a mess. Please understand that a breakdown in marriage is not always a small problem. It's a deep problem. Number five. Continual financial insufficiency. <laughs> you know, nothing is more frustrating than financial insufficiency when you know the income is sufficient. There is money, but there is no money. You are always on the red. You are always make meeting hands meet. You know, statement like meeting hands meet are statement of highly cursed people. Six, prone to accidents. Either you are always in a car that gets involved in an accident, or you create the accident yourself. You climb on a chair, you fall. You, you reach your hand to take a pot on top of the shelf. All the pots fall on top of you. And you are in the hospital for free. Prone to accidents. Always there's something that is connected with you. Wherever there is an accident, you are there. You are like an ambulance. You are always at the right time. Seven. History of suicide. Yeah. 
If you like, call it a natural death. Like in this family, people don't die normally. God has sent the word to set you free. I say God has sent the word to set you free. How do we break the curse? Quickly. Number one, repentance. Repentance is a key if a curse is going to be broken. Repentance. And I want you to understand when you are repenting here, you are not explaining yourself. And you are not accusing people. You are repenting before God. Because you can see for yourself. And it's important to read the book of Daniel, how Daniel confessed the sins of his fathers. But Daniel never said, my fathers, my fathers did this, they did that. Daniel said, we did this. Because if I'm getting the consequences, it means I was in the womb when they were doing it. I was in their loins when they were doing it. So I also did it. The Bible says that Levi paid tithe. How did Levi pay tithe? The day Abraham was paying tithe, Levi was inside the loins of, Levi, of Abraham. That's why the Bible says he paid tithe. To, take you, to make you realize that your actions affect your generations. When you are paying tithe here, your children are paying tithe. It's affecting them. The unborn children are already paying tithe. Yeah. Also, when you are stealing, they are stealing with you. Remember that we didn't die the day Adam died. We died after he died. But we are dying just the way he died. Why? Because we were inside him the day he did what he did. You are breaking free. Second Chronicles 7.14 These are verses you need to know very well. If my people God is not talking about Satan's people. God is not talking about some strange nations. He's talking about his people. If my people who are called by my name, they are Christians. They're carrying my name will humble themselves. It takes humility to realize, look, things are not working out. It takes humility. Humble yourself. Come out of this pride. You're lying to yourself and you're making it look like things are okay, but you know things are not okay. Humble yourself. What does it mean to humble yourself? Does it mean to look like you are poor? No. It means you realize in your heart you need God. A humble person realizes I need God. A humble person realizes I'm not that smart. Humble yourself and pray. Then don't stop. Seek my face. It's not a one-day event. It's a continual work. Seek my face. And as you seek my face and I show you what to do, turn, turn from your wicked ways. Don't continue doing the same thing expecting different results. Turn from your wicked ways as I show you. Turn. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. Please understand that this might not necessarily be your sin. But like we saw just now, I punish the, the fathers for the, I punish the children for the sins of their fathers. That is the sin he's talking about. I will forgive that sin. Because no one has ever come to me to repent about that sin. All your great, great grandfathers died without knowing Jesus Christ. So they committed these sins. They died. No one ever repented for them. They are still alive before me like yesterday. And look at what he's going to do next. I will heal their land. And that is what you need. When healing comes, your breakthrough has arrived. <laughs> when healing comes, your breakthrough has arrived. Everything changes. When the precious blood flew from the hands down, the side all came down. While it was still on the wood, the ground was still cursed. But when the first drop touched the soil of Israel, that thing spread like wildfire. 
and broke the curse all across the world. That today, we are no more cursed eternally. Because of Jesus Christ's work, the curse is broken. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Christ! And Christ means the anointed one with his anointing. Here it doesn't say Jesus. Jesus is your savior. We are no more talking salvation. You are saved. But now you need the anointing. Because the anointing is what breaks the yoke. Isaiah 10 for 27. And it shall come to pass on that day that his yoke shall be broken from your shoulders and his, and his burden from your neck. And the yoke shall be broken because of the anointing, not because of salvation. The Bible is very specific. Eh? There are some places it says Jesus Christ. Some places it says Jesus. Other places it says Christ. And when it says Christ, you must understand what he's talking about. Talking about Christ means the anointed one with his anointing. Now let's read it. The anointed one with his anointing has redeemed us from the curse. So it takes the anointing to break the curse. That's what it means. The curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? The curse of the law is the, is the mother of all curses. Every curse runs from disobedience, breaking the law. That's why he didn't say the curse of the law. All of that is in the law. Deuteronomy 28. Because you didn't obey, this is happening. By becoming a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. And who was hanging on a tree? So what happened to Jesus on the tree? What happened to Jesus on the tree? Jesus took the curse. Jesus became the curse. On the tree, when Jesus was on that tree, his hands were spread, he was sucking the curse. He redeemed us so that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And a Gentile is you and me. Anyone who is not a Jewish person by nature is a Gentile. Take me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has done what? He has blessed you in the heavenly realm. So it's still in the spirit world. With all you will ever need, every blessing you will ever need in Christ. Now go back to Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. Now I want to explain to you. What, because this verse is explaining that one. Now you see, he has redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentile through Jesus Christ so that by faith. So you see, all your blessings are available, but they are in the spirit realms. That is what he says, we might receive the promise of the spirit. Because it's in the spirit. You see, the things are in the spirit realms. But how do you move them from the spiritual realms to the physical realms? By faith. Faith is the vehicle that you use. Hallelujah. Like I told you, yes, you put your hands together for Jesus. So, I'm going to read two scriptures for you and we're going to close. Amen? 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. It says this. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Jabez means pain. And Jabez tried to live, but his life was a life of pain. What is the meaning of your name? Sometimes just by changing your name, your whole destiny is rearranged. Jacob, a liar. Cheetah. And he was effectively good at it. Stole the blessing of his brother. Stole the, the guy was just busy stealing. He even stole a blessing. Have you ever seen a person? He is advanced in robbery. He can steal something you cannot see. But look how God changed the life of Jacob. God didn't pray for him. God asked him, What is your name? My name is this. From today, your name is Israel. That's it. And that is the, one of the richest nations in the world today. 
Just like that. Just change. So, as I'm saying, if you can just take time to find out what is the meaning of that your name. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, not to the God of his fathers. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, he said, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. He didn't say, Oh, that will take away the pain. This man understood how these things work. The pain is controlled by a curse. And for me to break the curse, I need to use what is against the curse. And the thing that fired the curse is the blessing. So he went straight to the major thing. He didn't say, remove the curse, wash me, do this. Look, all of that, you are just saying, bless me. That's all you are trying to say. All you are trying to say is, Lord, if you can just touch me. And the Bible says, and God bless them and say, be fruitful. Look, it's all the blessing. It's just, God told Abraham, I will bless you. That's all. At least I will give you money. I will, no, I will bless you. That's all. The blessing has everything. Everything is in it. The curse has all the bad things. The blessing has all the good things. Oh! That will bless me indeed. Like, make this thing real. Make this thing real. I'm not just saying, Lord, bless me. Bless me what? Bless me what? Indeed. The type of blessing that everybody will know. No, something is working there. When you are blessed indeed, eh, people can see it. You can see it. Enlarge my cost or my territory. Let your hand be with me that you may keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. That is his prayer. And the Bible says, and God granted him that wish he requested. May God grant you your request. Stand on your feet and begin to cry. Stand on your feet and begin to cry. from 9am at a Life City Church Sun City located near Cornerstone Academy. Hope to see you soon. Remember, you're alive to give life.